Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is the most wonderful time of the year, and I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you today. We continue our 52-year journey through film this week. Brings us to 2019. We have done every fucking Friday for the entire year of 2022. Every Friday, we have put out a podcast discussing a movie, that first day of 2022 from 1970. Every Friday after that, a movie from each succeeding year, 71 to all the way through the 70s, all the way through the 80s, all the way through the 90s, all the way through the 80s, all the way through the 10s to what is now the conclusion of a decade in the Ooh. 2010s. We got 2019's Parasite. And uh, it's almost time. For those uh, for those awards next week, my friend. Wow! Almost time. We're it's we're already time. back around. We're already back around to the end of another decade. And like, uh, what's this? Five? It's gonna be five decades in the books. Seventies, eighties, nineties, aughts, and tens. The fifth what? decade of movies, man. We put in work, Bo. Yeah, we put we in have. work. We're almost there. Give us we're our give us done. our love. Yeah, we're almost done. Almost we done. We got three more, three more movies after this. Nuts, nuts. But let's focus mm. on the task at hand. It is 2019's Parasite, written by Bong Joon Ho and Han Jin Woon, and mm. directed by Bong Joon Ho. Uh, this is amongst my favorite movies of all time. It has been since the first time I watched it. It won that uh. It won the best picture of the best motion picture of the year at the Oscars, uh, and I remember being like, "All right, well then, I guess I got to check it out." I've heard nothing but good things. Mm. It's now won best Oscar, best picture. Let's check this shit out. And then I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." I yeah. Oh, j- j- give me your thoughts because this was a first viewing for you, correct? Yeah, complete first viewing. I've heard very little about the movie. Um, I, the only real stuff that I knew going into it was that it was VFX heavy, but you didn't know it while watching the movie at all. Mm. And I completely agree with that. Um, not a single time was I like, whoa, what a crazy VFX shot. It was like, that all just looks like it was captured in camera, but like a lot, a lot of it is blue screen. That's like all I knew. And I, I didn't know like, I had no idea what route this movie was going to go. And then the turns it just took were there comes, insane. There comes like, a point in this movie, you know, they're sta- they're, they've infiltrated, you know. The family is in the house. They have taken the jobs. They are living life, you know. They've gone out of town. They're going camping for the night. 
they get to they get to stay there. They get to have the home to themselves. Mm. This is this is their night to live it up. From that point on, the tone the movie takes from the second the old housekeeper shows up. Oh, it's a whole new movie. Oh. The, the first half of the movie is this mm-hmm. fun heist comedy sort of vibe where they're like, yeah. sl- like slowly, slowly get, oh, get working well, their way. I know a perfect someone. Yeah. Oh, Bubble. and the way this movie unfolds <laughs> is so, just so impeccably well done, you know. And it's almost one that it feels like, you know, for our TV shows we cover, we we go with like the scene by scene breakdown. It almost feels like, I obviously we're not going to do that. It'd be absurd for a for a two <laughs> two hour and twenty minute movie, but it almost feels conducive of that because you just yeah. you simply have no way of knowing where it is going to go mm. unless you've seen it. Um, yeah, there was. I mean, I'm, I'm like, okay, oh, so they're all just gonna, you know, work for this family. I'm like, okay, this is funny. I'm, and I'm like. I just thought that it was just going to be kind of lighthearted the whole way through, you know? Um, and I'm, and then like, then the twists start happening. I'm like, oh, well, and oh there's like a like specific this kind of movie. There's a specific moment too, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, the housekeeper shows up and she's like, I left something here. It's under the kitchen in the ba- It's under the kitchen in the basement. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, okay, no big deal. Go ahead and grab it. And she stands in front of the, the rectangle, the black rectangle that is the, the entrance into the abyss. And, you know, uh, the mother of the family is like, what, what do you what do you need to get? And she's like, she she does the slow turnaround over her left shoulder and goes, you want to come with me? And it's like, nope, I don't. I really, really don't. Um, and uh, that go in that point on. You're like, Me. oh, this is a different movie. She goes all the way downstairs. You're like, what the? F-? They they reveal the door. You're like, no, what the hell's going on here? What is this yeah. shit? At first, I'm like, is is this dad into some weird stuff? And mm. he like is like, I'm like, at first, I'm like, what's down here? Is this some secret lab? Some sort of like, like I don't, I don't like, I don't know what I'm about to walk in on. Mm. Um, I'm thinking like, um, I don't know, because then. I, I was thinking, like, what the point of the title was the whole time, mm. um, and I was, I didn't know if there was some sort of, like, recurring cycle that kept happening to where, like, um, I don't know. Like, there, it just... There is, in a very, yeah. very metaphorical sense, you know, Parasite is not quite mm. literal, um, yeah. and it starts with, with this family. Who we who we see in the very very beginning of the movie working folding pizza boxes for a pizza company, uh, the someone's coming down the street spraying pesticide and he tells them to leave the windows open because it's free. Uh, you can tell they're down on their fucking luck in this semi basement that what they call the semi basement mm. and uh, oh, rough. The rough, way they uh, the way they see their rise, you know, and it's very quick in the movie that they start to, mm. you know find their footing with this family which is uh which is nice you get like the first hour of this movie plays out pretty not slow but like it's all very methodical it's all very well placed and on rewatches i cannot emphasize enough how much foreshadowing there is it's extremely subtle so well done and so methodical the the rock Mm. like Every time, like, I don't know what, I thought that this was going to be some magical rock. 
<laughs> like I legitimately the whole time I'm like, what's when's this rock gonna come into place? Dude carried it in this crate, you know, and I'm like, and I'm like, okay, something special about this rock, and then it's just used to. Well, and to it's bash all, in his own head, basically. And you know what the guy tells him that it represents. You know, it represents wealth. It represents, uh, uh, it represents uh, success. It, it brings good fortune, uh, and that's he he latches onto it. You know, the son, uh, Kevin, his English mm. name as he as he has come to know Kevin, is uh, carrying around this rock because if he can hold on to it, he has like he'll be good. This will be everything will be all right if this it's is what happens. Need. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, what's awesome about this movie is that it's a it's a class critique. Mm. You know, it's all about uh, the lower class being exploited by the upper class. The upper class not directly pitting the lower class against each other. You know, like that's they say on multiple occasions, and there's different levels to it. The way uh, the dad of the family, played by Song Kang Ho, uh, his character was uh, uh, Mr. Kim. Mm. Uh, he, uh, the way he's like, they're nice people. What do we? What like? They're they're nice people. What what happens if they see that video? They're nice people. They don't deserve that. Don't don't do that to them. And then on the more extreme level, the guy who's been in the basement for four years, mm. uh, literally worshiping Mr. Park, respect. Mr. Park. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's this... It's this twisted... Uh, it's Damn. so interesting because they never do anything to vilify the rich people. Not necessarily. You know? Like, it's... They are truly just existing the way that they exist. And at points, yeah. obviously, it is a little like, come on now, you fucking classist fucks the way it smells like a subway the people who ride the subway have a certain smell etc like yeah so like they they were not they were not above classism don't get me wrong they certainly were classist and but they weren't outright hateful you know uh there are moments as well with uh when mr kim is driving him and he he looks back he looks Mm. back he's like keep your eyes on the road like this is your fucking job we're not friends we're not gonna be friends because yeah. you do work for me. Yeah, I I use you for your labor. That's yeah, what even I do. Like at the end, when he was like, "I'm paying you extra. Just consider this part of your job." Mm-hmm. You know, when he's like, when he, like he's trying to relate to him a little bit. He's yeah. like, "You do love your wife, you know. Like this, yeah. you do this for your wife. I I, I admire and respect that, etc." But you can also tell he's kind of poking at him. Like, I know you don't fuck with your wife. I know she's a trophy wife. You know, mm-hmm. like I know I know what this is. Um, and him being like, this is your job. Don't talk to me like you know me. Yeah. Uh, it's painful. It's painful to watch, man. And, uh, it's so well executed, so well shot, so well written, so well acted. There's like, I struggle to find a single flaw in this movie. Like, I don't think there is one. What is the genre of this movie? Genre bending as all fuck dude like bits of horror like not horror but like suspense su- yeah sus- yeah that's better um, suspense a little bit of a thrill uh comedy 
uh, certainly comedy. A lot of it was funny. Comedy, drama, thriller. That's pretty good. Yeah. What's what's incredible, though, is those are not genres (laughs) that usually work Mm. together. Yeah. That's true. Comedy, drama, thriller. Think of another comedy thriller. It's like scary movie. One, two, three, four, five. (laughs) Uh, Like, you know... uh, it, to yeah. strike that balance is so difficult because if you go for if you go you go too far in one direction or the other typically mm. if you go hardcore thriller it's probably not going to be that funny if you go comedy it's not as thrilling the way that this and the the effectiveness is that it does take a tonal switch like halfway through the movie after sure. a certain point there's not much about it that's funny yeah no after a certain like and because it's it's become startlingly clear what the dynamic is here and it's uh it's just it's an electric movie to watch man like especially for for the first time i remember Mm. i mean it it has me laughing at points it has me on the edge of my seat the ending made me cry the first time i watched it i don't know if it if it had the same effect on you uh Mm. but i was just like Whenever the dad kills Mr. Kim. Mm. Mr. Park, yeah. Park. Or Mr. Mr. Kim kills Mr. Park. Mr. Kim kills Mr. Park. I I was hoping that it would be, like, in his head. And it was just what he was wanting to do. And it would, like, snap back to reality. Like, I'm like, okay, when's that going to happen? Like, when's that going to... And I'm like... It's not happening. I'm like, okay, nope, this is really happening right now. And And then, like, it just kept going. I I love that part of the movie because it's Mm. not, like I said, they don't do anything to vilify the Mm. rich folks in this movie. They don't make them uh, villains. They make them, I mean, I'd consider them antagonists. You know, like, I'd consider them, like, if there's anybody in this movie here, like, really, fuck you. It's them, obviously. But, like, uh... They're not they're not bad people, you know. I think the the mother says it best, uh, Chung Suk. She says uh, she's not she's not nice and rich. She's nice because she's rich. Yeah. If I had all this money, I'd be the nicest person in the fucking world. And then she like shoves the dog, which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, what's up with that, man? That well, and was that's like the that's only the... part of the movie where I'm like, yo, they actually shoved that dog. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Well, what, could be a VFX great. shot, actually. Who knows? Could be. Maybe you they, never know. Maybe, this maybe it was they just did a tennis shove, ball. Yeah. She just yeah. shoved. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, that's what's great about this movie is that no one is purely good. But no one's purely bad. They just are. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, the way when they are uh, staying in the house for that night, and he's like, the driver that that was here before me, what was his name? What was his name? He, he probably got a job, right? He probably Aww. got a job after this. He probably found some work, and he's probably doing just fine. And then the daughter's like, nah, fuck that. Worry about us. We're the ones who need help. We need to, we need to worry about us. And frankly... Ki Jung, the daughters, played by Sodan Park, is my favorite character in this movie. Mm. Uh, she owns that art teach like oh, the, the art therapist. Um, no, I I need to do this alone. You know, yeah. like I'll need come, you to leave the room. <laughs> I, I want to speak to Madame. I don't teach under supervision. I want to speak to Madame alone. Sorry, uh, yeah. go away, please. 
Um, oh, and um, I will need four sessions a week, um, and my rate will be very high. This isn't just this isn't just teaching. <laughs> this is therapy. You know, he needs it. Therefore, my rate will be extremely high. You see, you see this little black spot here that he scribbled on everything. <laughs> it's a sign that he has schizophrenia. Um, and what's actually interesting is what that black spot ended up being a representation of is the doorway where he watches the dude peek up oh my god yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff like that i was wondering if whenever it first shows the painting if that spot isn't there and if she added it herself um, oh no to explain it i was wondering if it like if it actually was like there the first time as well now there is truly something to it being like meaningful. Mm. Like it did have Dang. a meaning to him. It's just not a. Yeah. Uh, it's not a sign of schizophrenia or anything. Am I crazy in saying that this this had like a Jordan Peele feel to it? No, you're not. Uh, uh you're not crazy at all. I think that there's this. Uh, if this has more overtly horror tones, mm. it very well could have. It very well could have been a Jordan Peele flick. You know, I think uh, if this is. A, an American movie where the rich folks are white people and the people who are working for them are people of color, then, yes, very for sure, this becomes a Jordan Mm. Peele flick very fast. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Once you add the the race element to it, it becomes a little bit more more Peele-esque, I would say. Uh, He's done a very, very good job with that. But, uh, yeah, this was this was an incredible movie. Bong Joon Ho has an impeccable style. There's a couple things I want you to like look for on rewatches in the future. Mm. Uh, the amount of times the screen has a line down the middle, on one side will be one of the rich people, on one side will be one of the one of the poor people. Happens a lot across the course of this movie. Uh, when they go to the rich folks' house. It is always ascending. They are always going upstairs. They are always heading upward. Whenever they head back home, there is nothing but descent. They head down that hill. They Dang, head down the long column of stairs. Until they are at the rock bottom, literally below ground, in a giant flood. Ah, uh, oh, dang. There's a lot of just am- amazing, subtle visual cues in this movie. And uh, there's even shots like very early on in the movie where that that ominously dark doorway the, that mm. they show in the middle of that shelving is the line that splits characters. You know, it is the it is the middle centerpiece where and like the music will go really tense, but you don't realize it unless you've seen the movie. It's mm. just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's that's ominous now. You know, like there's there. Every time you watch uh, Mr. Park come up the stairs at the beginning of the movie and the lights slowly coming on, every time you watch... I did not notice that at first. Like, I noticed them turning on and off. But there's no reason. Not in a weird way. I'm like... They're just... And then I I didn't notice that, like, it only happened for him. Well, I guess he was the only one who really walked through there. We do see... That we see. uh, Um, We do see uh, Mr. Kim and the wife of mr park i can't remember her name off the top of my head uh we do see them ascend the stairs uh young kyo is the uh the wife there uh 
the the trophy wife of sorts. Mm-hmm. We see them ascend the stairs once whenever they framed the uh, framed the old housekeeper for having TB, uh, and they see they uh, see her coughing yeah. true. real real hard. Uh, mm. That is true. I I went ahead. Um, I put down parasite for best um, direction. Um, That's correct. And and set design. Um, the house, by the way, only that the first level is built. Everything above that is completely fake. Um, sky inclu- like sky included, like which is which is not like kind of. I don't Some know. Beautiful there's, VFX work. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's not even like I think the best VFX is when you when you don't even know it's there. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And and this is just kind of executed like perfectly in that sense like it's it's a movie that doesn't need it you know it's there's not a scene where you're like oh this is obviously fake Mm. you know done on a computer it's like oh no this could all very well reasonably be captured in the camera right right um and so i mean that that was that was really cool um while watching um but i mean after that tone switch like i was just my mind was racing. I was like, where is this going? Like, what's the end of this movie going to be like? And and even at the end, they, like, they get you. Like, oh, I'm like, yeah, they do. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, as he's, as the son is writing the letter um, yeah. to his dad, and, like, it shows. Him you know, walk kind of, out. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, what? I'm and like, they, oh, and the way they do it, like, the way Bong Joon-ho did this, so effective. The way he was like. You know, and one day me and my me and mom will be here. We'll be in the backyard, and all you will have to do is come up the stairs. And mm. he walks outside, and he gives him the hug, and they fade to black. And you're like, beautiful, wonderful ending to the movie. I love that. And then they fade it back in. They they pan down again, top to bottom pan, mm. uh, showing showing outside and panning down to Kevin. And he says, until then. So long. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, God. How did he get him that letter? He didn't. Oh. Yeah, that's that's the sad shit, is that he will never... uh, The dad... That's what's the most unnerving about this ending, is that there is literally no sign of Mr. Kim being able to exist outside that basement ever again uh, he will forever live like that you know the cycle continues the debt collectors came for the last guy he went and hid i mean he commits murder he has to go and hide he'll never come up again uh it's like it's just a really really sad fucking movie like uh, the more you reflect on it the more just like overwhelmingly devastating the story is you know i lose i lose my personal favorite character in the movie the daughter uh uh ki jung mm. she uh you know first one to get stabbed and when that happens you're like oh no 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 please no uh oh and and Man, the fact that at that ending. point they still don't know they're a family yeah. So whenever he's sitting there holding her chest wound, they're like, and this is also really shitty 
they were already prioritizing their their son's life over anybody else, which is fair. I mean, like you, you, if you're a parent, that's what you do. But to be like, you get the car. Like there's a girl bleeding out right here. Someone needs to do something about this. Also, there's a murderous dude with the knife fight, like literally fighting two feet away. Like, yeah. and they're just like, okay. Yeah, he just stabbed a girl and is currently fighting our, um, you know, our maid our and our housekeeper. Um, we still need you to get the car, you know, though. I mean, I guess they did need to go. Uh, they got 15 minutes. They got 15 minutes, yeah. But, like, uh, I, and they did, like, don't get me wrong, again, it, it's not vilifying them. You know, like, it is, It even then, it's still not yeah. vilifying them, which is, uh, is yeah. so effectively done, and, uh. I I just really love 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 this movie. Um I Any... do think we've got some uh we've got a soundtrack nom for me. Mm. I love the Parasite soundtrack. There's a there's an overwhelming amount of songs in this that are just brilliant. Uh they're really really fun to listen to. I've actually it's a, I think it's a part of that playlist that I've that I've created the movie and TV soundtracks playlist with like 2000 songs it's uh mm. definitely a part of that is there an artist or a composer to it um let me see know? i cannot recall off the top of my head let's see parasite soundtrack by jung jai the second there it is put them down there yeah it was uh it's it's incredibly well done i do think we have a I think we got a couple acting nods. It'll be hard to uh, figure out who replaces what where. Mm. Uh, because I, I'm not sure, you know. I'm not entirely sure where everyone slots in in terms of their actual supporting versus lead, you know. Like, the only lead, I would say, is Mr. Kim. It is mm. Like, I think he is the lead actor. But beyond that, I feel like almost everyone else is supporting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I would... I don't think there's any other lead actor or actress of the movie. If there is a lead actress... Well, I don't know. I would say I probably the trophy really... wife. Yeah. She feels very prominent. But even then, I feel like she's a supporting role. Like I think that's the thing, is that everyone else feels feels supportive. Like I don't think I don't think there is truly another lead. I feel like they do a really good job at centering Mr. Kim. Uh, so I guess Mr. Kim Song Kang Ho. If he is our only only lead role does he knock out any of these people that we currently have in here? Here's my thing. I think it does. However, I don't know which it would knock out of our best acting category. Um, my... I'm I'm in a I'm in a rough place where I'm looking through all of these and I'm sad to sad to say it. Um but I've got two that are teetering here. 
that I feel like Song Kang Ho could rise above uh, rise above a couple of them. Potentially, Ryan Gosling as Sebastian in La La Land. I think he does a really good job. I think he, he I think he did incredible. But Ryan Gosling has this thing for me where he is he's Ryan Gosling. You know, like I can uh I look at you and I go, You're not playing a character, you are Ryan yeah. Gosling playing a character. Yeah. Uh, and the other one, crazy enough, is Leonardo DiCaprio as Jordan Belfort. Mm. Um I think he's I think he's awesome as Jordan Belfort though. That's why he was my second option. I really like gut Ryan Gosling as Sebastian is the one who I would cut. Um you got any thoughts there if you if you were to replace? Do you think anyone should be replaced? Well, I was going the other direction. I'm like, okay, well it's definitely not. Um like I don't there's people who I am throwing in here. Well, I think there's only, I don't even know. I think. What's crazy is looking at this, I think there's only one surefire stick and it's making me go, oh wait, I think I know who's going to win. Um, which is nuts. Uh, but. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, uh. I think see... it, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now that I, I thought I, I thought this category was a lot, like, more full of, like, really impact, like, really good roles but then that now the more i look at it it's like there's two that are like good really good and then the rest are just like they could they could yeah. come and go you know like uh so let, let's make it clear I, for the people what we've got in the best actor yeah. category while we talk about this <laughs> we got daniel kaluuya as chris and get out david diggs as colin and blind spotting jamie oh. fox as django and django unchained leonardo dicaprio as jordan belfort in the wolf of wall street Matthew McConaughey as Cooper in Interstellar, Steve Carell as Mark Baum in The Big Short, and Ryan Gosling as Sebastian in La La Land. Now, here's the thing. My, like, immediate gut went Steve Carell as Mark Baum, but then I remembered his performance as Mark Baum, and I went, that's, like, no doubt the best performance of that movie. Like, and it's, it's not close. Yeah. Um... So I was like, I, I don't know if that's the one we eliminate, but is it the one we eliminate? Like, is it just? It... And I want, I want your honest opinion. Do you think Song Kang Ho, is, the performance he gives, is strong enough to replace one? Yes, because it's not even like just the end, like murder thing that happens that is like, good, like good from him. Like even at the very beginning where. Um, He's, you know, doing everything he can to fold the pizza boxes correctly, and he's doing everything for his family, and, you know, 25% of them or whatever are not done well, and he's <laughs> just, he's, you know, taking, he's like, okay, I can't get mad, you know, we're trying our best, what a, you know, and he's, he's just holding it in, like, he has a lot of, a lot of just really strong moments, and then, like, after the flood, whenever, like, he's talking to his son, and he's just like, you know, the best plan is just no plan at all, you know. Can't you know, go wrong that yeah. way. And, oh, dude. Yeah, that, that shit was devastating. In, in the car yeah. the next day after taking her to oh. the, uh, after taking her to the supermarket where she's like, this rain was a blessing. Uh, this is something we needed. I'm so glad we got it. And it destroyed his home. It destroyed everything, everything he loved at, at his home. Uh, and she's like, this was exactly what we needed. You know, yeah. he was upended. 
His life changed. Uh, mm. And it was just it was just another day for her. They needed it. They needed the rain. Yeah. Um, it was uh, the way he's just sitting up there. Uh, the fact that when she's saying that, she's like, like, ooh. She like plugs her nose slightly with her with her finger mm. as she talks, and it's like, oh god! Every time they made an allusion to the fact that he doesn't smell good, the way he reacts is just like heartbreaking. And here's my take, and I haven't ever had this take until I watched it this time. I think uh, I think the daughter nails it on the head when she's like, uh, it's not about the soap. It's not about what we do. It's not about the fabric softener we use. It's not about the laundry detergent. If we want to escape this smell, we have to move out of this place. Mm. We have to elevate in class. And that's when I realized that potentially there isn't a smell. Like, uh, there is a smell, and it's different than what the rich people are used to, but it's not necessarily a terrible smell. Mm. It's just it smells like you don't have money. Um, Ooh. Yeah. It, it, cause, cause he, he, he he's having a hard time explaining it to his wife whenever like they're having that conversation. On and the then the, what does he go to? It smells like the people on a subway. Yeah. No way. Everybody on a subway smells the same, bro. No way. You're mm-hmm. telling me he smells like poor. Yeah. Dang. And then to not only talk shit on him like he smells like a subway there, but then to cuck him, not knowingly, obviously, they're, yeah. they're laying under the table hiding in their yeah. home. Uh, in front of his family, too. In front of his kids. He mentions the cheap panties that they found in the car, which are his daughter's. Like and that's that's what makes you go. That's why he kills this motherfucker. It's not even it's not even because of this dude. You know, mm. it's because of what he like represents. It's like this thing he doesn't have. He never will have. And he doesn't even realize how good he has it. He t- he complains about all this all this tiny shit that does not matter. Like mm. it's just. He was fed up with his place in the social hierarchy. He's fed up with everything going on in the the best way in that moment for him to take his anger out is to kill the very opposite of him, uh, mm. at least social status-wise. Uh, and uh, That being said, he's definitely deserving of a spot in here. Yeah. Um, and I think Ryan Gosling is the one out here that's unbelievable but yeah i i i don't have i don't have doubts anymore i think he is too um like i said ryan gosling is ryan gosling uh he does great as sebastian you know i really love that performance and uh i love the character but uh i don't think he reaches uh the dimensions no you had it right you had it right really yes because it's It says as. That's his. Uh, oh, that's what he's credited as. Okay, I'm yeah. like, why? I, I don't know. I don't know why. That just no, yeah. Confused. The actor, the actor is Song Kang Ho. Okay, uh, as Kai Tech. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, I I have no doubts. I, I like I like Ryan Gosling, but uh, mm-hmm. he is just Ryan Gosling. The other one that eventually emerged as like the potential like oof maybe they're going is Steve Carell as Mark Baum. But I don't look at that role and go, well, that's Steve Carell. You know, yeah. I I kind of go like, wow, I can't believe Steve Carell pulled that off. Yeah. You know, like and that's what's impressive about it. But uh, Song Kang Ho absolutely destroys it as Kai Tai here, and uh, not his only collaboration with Bong Joon Ho. He was also in uh, also in uh, Snowpiercer a few yeah. years back. Also stars Chris Evans and our boy Ed Harris. Can't recommend that movie enough. Another capitalist critique, uh, like this one is. So very, very entertaining. Uh, I gotta throw. I, I think I gotta throw a best supporting actress nod to Sodan Park mm. as Ki Jung. Uh, luckily, we one have one left. left. Beautiful. Don't have to eliminate anyone. The only, the only thing where I'm like, hmm, do we have work to do? Is the best supporting actor category. Uh, do you feel like Kevin, the son, is worthy of of a nom here potentially? Ooh, Choi Woo Seek as Ki Woo. Well, let's see. I guess let's run through these people and see if he's better than any of them. All right, so we got Leonardo DiCaprio again as Calvin and Django Unchained, Samuel L. Jackson as Stephen in Django Unchained, Christoph Waltz as Doctor King Schultz in <laughs> Django Unchained. Jonah Hill as Donnie Azoff in The Wolf of Wall Street. Raphael Casal as Miles in Blindspotting. Christian Bale as Michael Burry in The Big Short. And Bradley Whitford as Dean in Get Out. And I've got to be honest, I don't think he unseats anyone here. Yeah, no, those are all pretty strong. And I, lo- I loved Kevin's role in this. I really did. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know. I will say, because we've got a couple spots left in The Best Actress... I say we throw one. I say we throw one. Uh, I say we go. I say we go. Cho Yo Jung as uh, the trophy wife here, Yong Kyo. Because frankly, she's brilliant in this role. Like uh, she plays this impeccably well. I won't. I, I don't anticipate her to necessarily win uh, that that whole category with Kerry Washington as Broomhilda and. Django, Margot Robbie as Naomi in The Wolf of Wall Street, Anne Hathaway as Brand and Interstellar, Emma Stone as Mia in La La Land, Allison Williams as Rose and Get Out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a pretty strong category we've got going so far. So uh, it will be interesting, uh, to be sure. But uh, yeah, I think this is uh, I think this is what you're going to get. And I have no doubts that Charles Randolph and Adam McKay can get the fuck out of here in favor of Bong Joon-ho and Han Jung-woon. Uh, for uh, for Parasite, <laughs> uh, the Big Short can eat my ass when it's compared <laughs> to Parasite, man. Like that's not even close. Um, I'm so yeah. glad we had like a built-in automatic out here. <laughs> that's easy. And um, two, one. oh, Parasite, there just an incredible film, man. Mm. Yeah, it was uh, an amazing first watch. I'm so glad that I've I've finally seen the seen this movie, and then I've talked about it um, now. I know I'm I'm in the know um, finally, and and yeah, this is this is I don't know. It had it, 
had every aspect of a movie that I want. Got my heart racing, got emotional, the um keeping me on my on my toes. You know, I didn't know what was happening next. Um but at the same time I was so excited to see it unravel right before me. Um I don't know, this was, it was fun. It was, it was quite the experience. And it was insanely well done. Like, Bong Joon-ho, like, after I, after I watched this for the first time, I went, okay, now I'm gonna go watch everything Bong Joon-ho's ever done that I have access to. You know, yeah. like, uh, so, uh, Okja on Netflix, Netflix original, kind of criticizing the, uh, meat industry, which is awesome. Mm. You know, me as a, as a vegetarian, you know, I'm really fucking with that movie, Okja. Uh, Snowpiercer, like I said, another class uh, class commentary. Uh, the host, an incredible. Uh, he's got a he's got a knack for this uh, horror esque uh, genre. Mm. Uh, Mother is another really good one, uh, directed by Bong Joon Ho. He's in- uh, he's he's got a catalog on him. And uh, the other the other ones that I've heard of that I have not gotten a chance to watch are Memories of Murder. I've heard that one is. Uh, I've heard that one simply brilliant, and I've never I've never gotten a chance to watch it. But uh, mm. yeah, Bong Joon Ho, he's a uh, not to be slept on. Oh, and Memories of Murder also had Song Kang Ho in it. I don't know if you saw that, mm. but uh, look at that. Yep, lead lead role in that one. So Song Kang Ho and Bong Joon Ho, kind of wow, like the yeah. Daniel Kaluuya and Jordan. Yeah, Peele. I was just gonna say that. Uh, yeah, yeah, they like to stick with uh, stick with, with their director. Yeah, what which they're is comfortable cool. with. Yeah. It's such a cool that that's such a cool duo that like I never thought of like an actor and director duo that like is just it it works. Oh, there's there's like, some incredible actor director duos. I mean like uh, Bong Joon Ho, Song Kang Ho here, Daniel Kaluuya, Jordan Peele, uh, mm. Christopher Nolan, Leonardo DiCaprio. I'd argue is pretty fucking strong. Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, also pretty strong there. Uh, we got a. We got we got some pretty great duos in this uh, in that category, you know. But uh, with that, are we about ready to give this this old thing a rating? Oh yeah. Um. Okay, I was, those are just cool. I don't know. I kind of want to visit that, like actor. Yeah, we'll come back to that for a topic. Duo. We'll come back um, to that for a topic. I think yeah, we've we... actually done something. Me and Tavares have done something with that in the past, like mm. very early on in the podcast, like three years ago, three and a half years mm. ago, early. But uh, yeah, so Parasite, bad boy, is this our first streak of four, five enjoyments in a row? <laughs> I was gonna ask. I'm like because really the only part of the movie that's like i don't know if it i i wouldn't really say it's not enjoyable it's just slower it's just you know getting used to the family you know getting used to all the characters it's like setting up everything it's not boring it's not slow it's just you don't know what's going on yet and yeah yeah, every little detail is important so it's like um there's not really a part of the movie where you're like uh like all right let's get to it like that never happens and it's like and then when the switch happens it is just full gas no brakes like here's the, the thing. whole time i'm gonna lay the groundwork one more time for everyone with our rating scale you know i always mm-hmm. assume that if you're here you've listened to all 50 years or 50 weeks of this podcast where we discuss this shit but uh we got we got three separate ratings 
we've got uh, out of five stars how much we enjoyed it. That's just how much it connected with us. It's incredibly subjective. Uh, it's it's all entirely based on how we feel about it. Uh, then we've got out of five stars how well it fulfills its genre. This will be interesting because it's potentially the most effective genre blending movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it's it's impeccably well done. Um, and then the last rating is just overall as a film, how well it's made, how well it's acted, how well it's, uh, just all the critical things that go into, into filmmaking. That's, uh, that's the critical, that's the critical rating there. And then we take the average of those numbers and it becomes our rating for the film out of five stars. So obviously with enjoyment factored in, it's not entirely objective, but that's what gives it the penny bloom flair. So that's why we do it. Um, this is a five out of five enjoyment. There is no doubt. It's one of the, it's one of those movies where people are like, uh, I don't know what movie to watch. I'm kind of, I'm kind mm. of looking for something. I'm going to go watch Parasite. This is going to be a fun one to revisit. Like, um, I can't wait to watch this again. And yeah. I am going to go in like, in it's got to be nighttime. Um, when I watch it again, I feel like it's just a movie a that's elevated movie. by by nighttime. Um, and I'm I'm I don't know. I'm gonna look for all the little foreshadowing, you know, like little hints and and stuff like oh, that. Oh, and there's so much. There's for. so many uh, um, metaphors and deeper meanings to shit that I didn't even mm-hmm. go into because, frankly, I'm not smart enough to. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm I'm not gonna come in here and act. <laughs> Like I notice every single little thing about this movie. I noticed some. I noticed some great shit as this was like my, I don't know, fifth watch of this movie. Probably I've watched this. I've watched this several times. I've tried to show it to everybody that I can possibly show it to, but I often get the response, "Ah, I don't want to watch a foreign film," and I can't express enough how much this changed the game for me in terms of, oh, there are so many more movies I can watch. Because I can just read that little bit of subtitle at the bottom and still get every bit as much impact. That, that's the thing. It's only for the first, like, five, ten minutes that you even realize that you're reading subtitles. And then it just goes away. And you're yep. just it, – it's almost like you're understanding their language. It's so It's incredible. Yeah. Sometimes I remember lines earlier in the movie as though they spoke them in English. And then I'm like – wait a second no they are speaking korean like they're not they're not speaking english it, it, like it's such a weird feeling yeah. oh it is like I, I think back to like line deliveries and i hear it in my head in english and then i'm like that's not right and like that's that's nuts you know like and that's why like i especially like Kore- korean films there's there's a lot of great options out there for you um mm. and parasite is a great way to tip your toe into the water uh and uh, obviously, this was only our second uh, foreign film on the on the fifty two year journey through film. Our last one was back in the seventies with the thirty sixth chamber of Shaolin. But there's uh, there's so much more out there uh, in the foreign film, the foreign film game, and I cannot emphasize enough how much it'll open up you to movies mm. you never knew existed that are probably going to become some of your favorites of all time. Yeah, this. I mean, this is. It's up there. I don't. I. I'm trying to think of like movies that I obviously will put above this, and there's like there's not many. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what's crazy about it too. Is it kind of sneaks up on you. You yeah, like finish the movie and you're like, like you're watching it and you're like, yeah, this is solid. This is good. You know, like I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. You get to the end, you finish the movie and it just sits with you. Mm. Uh, you just let that shit sink seep into your mind and your soul, and you're like, oh, I don't know that I've ever watched a better movie in my life. Um, and that's. <laughs> it's one of the best movies ever. I have I have a little doubt about that, and that's why for the genre rating, even though it is so genre blending, it does it more effective than any movie we have on this fifty-two year journey through film. I mean, like, is the is there anything at all you can compare to it of the last what fifty-five movies that we've covered? The closest, and the only reason I say this is like Get Out. And that's just because of, like, the Jordan Peele feel that I got for the movie. But, like, mm. as far as it's – Get Out's not really genre blending. Like, there's not – there's there's a little bit of comedy to, to Get Out, but not not like the the first half of this movie where it's, you know, lighthearted. Like, you know, oh, you like, always feel the suspense. You yeah. always know that this is going to go wrong. Yeah. Um, you yeah. have no inkling of that. In the first 30 minutes of this movie, like Mm-mm. first 45, first hour of this movie, you think it is laid back as fuck. You think you're just watching an enjoyable comedy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like until like it's up and they're they're chilling in the living room, just having drinks, having a good old time as a family. And then the old housekeeper rings the doorbell from that point. It's that point on. Like everything changes, yeah. Yo, know, and the 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 pace of the back half of this movie, bam, dude. Bam, since bam, I've bam, seen this bam, movie bam. so many times, mm-hmm. I'm like, like I know what the ending is. You know, obviously, like it's whenever they're starting to set up for the garden mm. party. Whenever she gives them a call and is like, uh, "We would love it if you came to uh, Dong So's birthday party tonight or b- birthday party today. Be here at one p.m." I went, "Oh fuck!" There's like twenty minutes left in this movie, Dang. and I was like. That's fucking nuts. The last 45 minutes have just melted away. Like it's wow. It's so goddamn good because I don't think I don't think I realized just how big of a chunk of the movie their night uh where they think they have the house to themselves is. It's a Yeah. It's yeah a that was a good amount of time. Of that was a good amount of time. Um because it also leads to them staying there for a lot of the night. It leads to, you know, the whole uh, sex scene between the between the parents while the kids outside in the the Native American teepee, um, <laughs> and it's uh it's so interesting too because uh, I I'm curious I would like to read up more on Bong Joon Ho's uh, intentions with all of the Native American uh, imagery and stuff that he includes in this movie, and I want to I, w- I wonder if it has anything to do with the exploitation of Native Americans in america you know like i wonder if there's something that's like uh if there's was, some sort of deeper meaning that i'm failing to seep that's failing to seep in with me the connection i was trying to make was that um like they kept bringing up the word like pretending that he's pretending to be native american like it's not like it's a made-up thing that like it, it's it's sort of like mm. it's 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 an idea that we know is bad, but we're like it's made up. We didn't, you know. It's better not to think about it. What you know, the way it actually happened, sort of like how we celebrate Thanksgiving. Gotcha. You know, um, and I, I I guess if there's any connection there, I I remember them like 
saying the word like pretending and then like um his art at the end whenever he's like this is so embarrassing yeah his art therapist like gets him to take off all the native american stuff and and bow and be respectful you know and the mom is like oh finally like he's done being crazy you know like he's it's done being crazy, and he was just pretending to be Native American. Interesting. All right, I dig that perspective. I wonder. I wonder if there is. I wonder if I just. I need to read up on it more because, like, I'm a. I like. I like that interpretation, especially the the pretending aspect that you're speaking on. Like, it's something mythic that, mm-hmm. especially in South Korea, like it is so distant. Like, it's not something yeah. that's like directly pressing to their history. You know, Native Americans, but like a. I, I I do wonder how much of this movie is because it is a capitalist commentary. It is a class commentary. It is obviously very easily applicable to the United States. Like, uh, oh yeah, this this is not this is not so far fetched for an American viewer to be like, wow, this is so foreign to me. No, like this this might as well be happening in America. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, and well, this uh, didn't have this did not have. Oh, this is only happening. Like in this one place, this like that, like that, and I get that feeling through the movie. I'm like, no, nah, this this is hitting pretty close to home. Um, well, it's just a, quite it's just easily the capital, the yeah, capitalist of it, you know, the, mm. the the separation of the classes. It's too it's too stark um, to not be relatable for Americans. But uh, so we got a five out of five, an enjoyment, one, a five out of five in genre. What are we thinking left. for the film? The yeah, critical one... rating of this of this movie is it is it that level? Is it amongst our four nines? It's good. It is not that good. I don't think the, I and I literally think it's it's either four eight five or it ties get out. I just do I. Maybe. Here's my thing. Because what is wrong with it? There you go. Um, I can't think of a single goddamn thing. If I'm thinking critically, just pure how well the movie was made, how well it was written, how the story ends up, how it all turns out, I honestly think it's a better movie than Jaws, I think it's a better movie than The Shining, mm. and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little brazy here because it's a top two favorite movie of mine all time. I think it might be better than Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, that's nuts. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, how it's made, pure critical, purely critical. I. Okay. okay, you know what? Yeah. Like the only two that I can come close to being like, you know what? Maybe not. Are The Godfather and Shawshank Redemption. That's it. Like and that's just because those were exquisitely well-written and well-shot movies all the same as uh as Parasite, you know. The thing that Parasite has going for it is that it is so much more than just one thing. The Shining, Jaws, and Raiders all feel like they are just one thing. You know what I'm saying? Like and it's not not a bad thing. Obviously, they're some of the greatest movies of fucking all time. Um, I propose an idea. Hit me with it. 
Godfather Shawshank become five. Parasite leads the four nine category. Um, but the Godfather and Shawshank become a five. All right, now hear me out on this. They become four nine fives. Ooh, okay. Because if they both become fives, they become fives across the board. That's true. They become purely perfect films. And, like, I'm not in a place to tell you they are purely (laughs) perfect films. But I like the switch up here. I think there is a noticeable jump. Noticeable. Okay, .05, noticeable. Um, well, but like thing, I, with our rating system, it has become noticeable. You know, like there there are tiers within our tiers. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. It, but this, I like that better. Not a five. That that was a little too, a little too nuts of me there. Um, but this this works right here. We will have to edit it over on the uh, the yes. other slate over here as yes. well. But uh, that that puts it at a four point nine seven which gives us a new high for the decade in a decade that already had a 495 a 495 a 496 and a 49 um <laughs> that's nuts that is five movies above a 49 in the decade um that's five movies half the decade above a 49 that's not fair averaging it ties it with godfather raiders and shawshank overall well not yet wait oh because we need to edit the godfather and shawshank dope the godfather becomes um hello here i am 4.95 i guess shawshank will also become a 498 Right, because it was a five and yes, five. Yeah, yeah. So they become four nine eight point zero one above. Hey, and these distinctions are important. You know, oh, that's Raiders. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> but uh, nice. Okay, I think this is it's an important distinction though. This tier, the point zero one difference. Um, it's a difference. It's it, a it's yeah. a difference nonetheless. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, it's crazy <laughs> how good this movie is, man. And talking about it only made me go, yeah, it's it is it is that good. You know, like it's it's an absurdly good movie. And uh, with that, we conclude the decade of the 2010s. Parasite comes to a 4.97 out of 5 stars overall, making the decade, I believe, our second best yet. Oh, 4.61. Oh, 4.66, the 90s. Yeah, the second, sec, it's in second place, only to the 90s. Yeah, and I will point out that, that the 90s possessed our three fives in a row. Uh, mm. For enjoyment, it also had three. It had two different runs of three fives in a row. Um, yeah, and the extra, you know, six movies in there probably. I mean, I think it ended help. up. It ended up hurting it. I think when we did, yeah, that, we we've already come to that conclusion. If it ended we up put it. Shawshank as the official movie for that year, um, if Shawshank, which is yeah. the best out of them all, um, so. 
yeah. It is. Yeah, nuts I think it's a wash, 90s, pretty much. But yeah, it is nuts that the '90s has two movies above a four point nine. Meanwhile, the tens has five. Or is it four? No, it's it's five. It's five movies above a four point nine. It's those it's those early it's Inception, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, uh, Django Unchained, and The Big Short. They really they really put a damper on the decade, mm. you know. And uh, not to say they're bad; those are all fun films to watch, and uh, in most mm. cases, wonderfully made. <laughs> but uh, you know, we're, we talk pretty incredible movies here. We're not like we're going to yeah. take a chance this week. Uh, like, not often anyway. We did Spaceballs, so like, uh, you know, yeah. that is, that is. Had to have one movie like that though in here, you know. We, yeah. it, it wouldn't be fair if we didn't dip our toes into something a little more experimental, you know. Um, yeah. And I mean, all this to say nothing will ever be Scooby-Doo. That's also fair. We did, you know, we had to include a movie that was kind of, we knew wasn't going to be good, and we had to throw in the greatest creation greatest of, all time, of all time. You know, the complete yeah. polar opposite. So, um, we we've covered all of the bases from Scooby Doo yeah. to Spaceballs. We've covered it. That's true. We've we've hit all the boxes. Um, but it was another incredible decade. I cannot wait to do this decade awards. I had like I, I don't know why us doing the whole. Uh, plugging it in as we went, I completely forgot that we would eventually have to actually do the award show. You know, it felt like we were yeah. kind of doing it as we went. Um, I'm very excited to get to the award show. And obviously, if you're here for the first time, we would love it if you went back, watched the movies that we've covered, listened to us talk about them. It's always like getting feedback about specific movies. I recently got a little bit of a tweet tweeted at me that was like, we had to check out the Spaceballs episode. It's one of our favorites of all time. I'm like, ooh. It's a rough one for you to listen to, then. We're not very loving of it, but uh, but nevertheless, I love shit like that. So if you are going back and watching the movies to listen to our podcast, please tweet it at me or something. It's always so great. Um, it's so great to see that feedback, and uh, it's always always greatly appreciated. And uh, I cannot recommend it enough that you join us for these last three weeks Ooh. of the decade. We're about to hit the twenties, and. Uh, when the 20s end, you know, we only have 2021 20, and 22. We will not be doing a 20s award show. We will simply be doing our overall award show where we take the winners from every award show we've done, the 70s award show, the 80s, the 90s, the aughts, the 10s, and we're just going to plug our automatic winners. We might do that, like, on Patreon where we decide who the winners are and, like, uh, go ahead and plug them in into the overall award show so as to, I don't know, feels like a, a wash to kind of... Mm. Just put three movies against each other. It doesn't feel like uh, we're really getting a nice, sizable palette. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, but with that, thus ends the tens for the Penny Bloom podcast's 52-year uh, journey through film. We are almost done. We are almost to that comic book movie project. And, you know, after watching so many critically great films, I can't wait to realize just how bad several comic book movies are. Um, it's going to... Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be great. We're oh, it's gonna, gonna be so much fun. It's just it's just gonna be pure fun. Pure and, fun, and that's, that's it. All it We're is. not expecting exquisite film. You know? I'm not out here like man comparing this to The Godfather. You know, like mm. nah, like I'm not gonna be doing that. Uh, you know, I don't know if Howard the Duck is necessarily Parasite. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, uh, we'll get to like a Logan. 
uh, we'll get to um, the Batman. Yeah, the Batman. We'll get to the Dark Knight. We'll we'll get we'll to, get to some goodies. We'll yeah. get to some goodies. So. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we haven't talked about it in a while. We had a little bit of a sneak peek. But yeah, after after this project concludes, we are going to be doing uh, every major superhero movie ever every Friday. The movies will not stop coming to you on Fridays for the Penny Bloom podcast. The horses don't stop. They keep going. Mm -hmm. It will continue here, but next year and in potentially years to come, it will be comic book movies every Friday here on the Penny Bloom podcast here for you, and we're going to kick it off next year with Batman 66, which I'm very, (laughs) very excited for, and that'll come out in uh, pretty much almost a month to the day from now as it is i believe wow. december 9th so a little bit a little bit under a month the uh, uh, batman 66 will be released for you uh, early 2023 cannot wait to embark upon that journey and uh but before that we've got three weeks left buddy we got 2020 2021 and 2022 we're doing nomad land tick tick boom and everything everywhere all at once and let me tell you buddy these last few weeks after 2014 2014 and on it's been a run like seven of these movies are like in my top 10 favorite movies of all time and the only reason the big short is not in four nines and every other movie is is because they just had to explain the housing crisis and how, that shit how you know sucks yeah and they that shit's and they, painfully boring yeah, but, but they made it as interesting as they could but it's just not enough it's just not enough um, so yeah, it will be, been... be extremely exciting to do this night, uh, this, uh, 2010s award show, uh, next week. That'll be our next episode coming at you. I believe, uh, depends on what we're covering at the moment. TV show wise could be either Monday. It could be Wednesday. I don't know what we're covering at the moment. Um, <laughs> whatever it might be, check it out though. Um, but yeah, so with that, we conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. It was I, Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. If you would, head to patreon.com slash Bloom where you'll find well over 40 hours of content at this point. There is a, there's an absurd amount of content over there for you. I'm doing... Uh, consistently every Thursday I'm at least giving you a comic book pull list what I've been reading throughout the week uh, DC, Marvel, Dark Horse Image Comics, whatever it might be it's all coming to you there, Boom Studios I don't know, fuck it man, I'll do it I'll review it, if I'm picking it up throughout the week it's getting reviewed on patreon.com slash Bloom. Uh, whatever movies I might be seeing throughout the week I'll, I'll throw up a review over there every once in a while because, you know, the main show is re- reserved for the for the best of the best. Um, and uh, the Patreon, you know, it's just me letting loose, talking about whatever the fuck I want to talk about or whatever the fuck we want to talk about, as Joseph is no stranger to the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, again, patreon.com slash Bloom. Also, a bunch of book reviews. I've read more than enough books this year. And uh, the the books will keep coming. The book reviews will keep coming. Uh, if you would head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod. Always, always appreciating that. Follow on uh, Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And the best plan is no plan at all. <laughs>